0: Siddhartha it is a pleasure to sit down with you again or across from you virtually only murders in the building this show is d- such a huge spectacular hit. last time we talked to you a couple years ago we were talking so much about this is us which is its own hit but you were secretly I assume working this is at the very start I wonder, of the pandemic are secretly working on this little show only murders in the building listened.
1: I went back and listened to our original podcast which is 2020. Yeah, and May twenty twenty. First question is: When did you start working on murders in this building? Were you secretly working on it while we were asking you about other things that you couldn't talk about?
2: So when did we meet in our May last of, pod-
1: May of twenty twenty.
2: Yeah, I was. I, I, and I yeah, I had not. I'd not been offered the job. I think at that point, um, but um, at the start of the pandemic, I started writing my own instrumental classical record and um and 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 I say that you know um, I know that sounds pretentious um, but uh, it really isn't because i have I have very little I don't have a classical background in music and so for me, so much of my um so much of my you know like something that I've always been slightly sort of like unsure of with myself and my own music is am I capable of writing an orchestral score and I you know I kind of I come from the band world and you know so much of my experience was just writing songs and whenever I did use orchestras I would have orchestras on my band and I would write out those parts for orchestra but it was you know in terms of score I was always hired to sort of like make my own sounds and like this is us I record everything here at home and um And, you know, with the exception of cellos. And so uh, I sort of took that time in the pandemic when all productions started sort of like taking a pause because a lot of productions, everything stopped for a period um, to sort of like write what I felt was my own version of an instrumental classical record, a modern classical record. So like influences like Philip Glass, for example, played a big part of my thinking. And then older composers like Eric Satie sort of just like. That sort of got into my head a little bit. And so I started writing. And then around that time I was writing, um, I received a call to meet on Only Murders in the Building. And, uh, and Dan Fogelman, who's one of the producers, who's the creator of This Is Us, is one of the producers of Only Murders as well. And so Fogelman said, I want you to meet John Hoffman, the showrunner, and see if you guys connect. And on that call with John Hoffman, I sort of like played him a couple of pieces that I had been working on. Um, And I'm not a great piano player, but I can write for piano. I can write the I can kind of write the themes and the parts as much as as much as I can, Um, which is, you know. And so for me, I sort of did some like half assed sort of performance for them on on Zoom. And you literally
1: went to a piano on the Zoom and performed.
2: Yeah, I was like, this is just some stuff I'm writing right now. And, um, and he was just like, can you send me that? Can I hear it? And then okay, listen to it after. And he was just like, that's really not, he's like, really, he's like, you, that's already our show. Um, and, and actually one of those pe- one of those pieces go like this, not that one. It was another one. It was another one called Vantage. And, um, and that's actually one that, um, our friend Carol here. Um, who's an incredible pianist who plays on our score. Uh, what, a, what a nice sort of meeting of, of all of our...
0: Chances of that. Yeah. Can I set this up a little bit? Because one yeah, of the really interesting things about Score the Podcast and Carol, composer Carol, as she's known by our, our, uh, our audio and video listeners sometimes, um, mm-hmm. is uh, she will play the themes of a lot of the composers that we interview and so it might just be an instagram thing or you know whatever but they're really beautiful and fun and a lot of the composers will go in and say oh man that's that's a really like i really enjoyed seeing you play and like who wouldn't if you write a great theme and someone appreciates it and plays it that's that's always a ton of fun
3: that's literally um, what happened with me oh
1: i didn't know that can
0: you walk us through how carol ended up playing a little you know some Mm -hmm. of the the piano on season so
2: so um after our very first um after our very first uh meeting here uh, you guys posted what the our our score of the podcast um, interview mm-hmm. and uh, and then one of the things I found that I was tagged on was um, Carol had posted herself playing Jack's theme uh, and um, from This Is Us and uh, and I heard it and I was just like and I watched it and I was like who is this so I was like this is crazy this is so it was so beautifully performed and and it was just like interpreted in this like outside the box way it was this very classical version of like of Jack's theme on a score that has that that what Carol played you know um as a as a, as a sonic sort of idea would never have been on this is us because it, mm-hmm. it was a very classical approach it was a whole other thing but i really appreciated how she was able to sort of a how good she was as a pianist and then how she was able to sort of like Interpret a theme and a melody in her own sort of way, and I thought that. And I kept, I had Carol in my sort of mental Rolodex, and um, and and yeah. And then when Only Murders came along, um, I had been writing these pieces, and I spent two months writing this piece called Vantage, and it's something that you should actually, if you have it there, you have the soundtrack, Robert, or you should get. I should get you the soundtrack. We should get it to you um but uh, but listen listening
1: i don't know if i look at titles but now i will
2: yeah listen to a piece called vantage um and um and i will i I, I will i think carol didn't carol ended up playing on a version of it in season two Mm -hmm. um but we should we should play that piece at some point so you can hear sort of where it ended up but anyway as i was writing these pieces John and company were just like, this is awesome. There was this piece, Vantage, and he's like, this is my emotional theme. You know, da 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 da
1: da 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 da
2: da 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 da
1: da da da
3: da
2: da 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 that was this main sort of melody. And I had these changes. It's so beautiful. It's so good. Thank you. I had, these little, I had these little changes on piano I was playing, and John was like, that's – can you just go and finish that? Because that's – I love that. And so that's when I called Carol, and I was like, Carol, I've spent two months writing this piece. And it was like – it, it was like a very – it got – it's a very – it's much longer. Um, but every day I would write a couple measures in the – pen. Uh, this was like right around the time I was reading the script and also like – the, you know around It all overlapped The script came to me I was writing this piece And um, and then finally after two months of writing I was like I'm done <laughs> And I was like I need to send this to Carol In my head it was always Carol Aww. I was like I need her yeah. to hear this And I need her to play it And I need her to interpret it And I need her to add her sort of like Her, her wonderful classical sensibility to it And Carol sort of brought it home It was really beautiful
0: uh, I want to turn the tables now Carol, briefly, we have to ask you a question about hearing from Sid, <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then, how this came about, because that's also pretty. You play a, you know, good amount of of themes from a lot of the composers that have been on our podcast, but this is probably, you know, a little a little unusual, but also like pretty thrilling to be involved with. So, what was that yeah, like?
3: Hundred percent. Yeah, it's been. Such an amazing opportunity and very touched when Sid reached out. And even when he reposted my cover, I was really, I was blown away because I, for me, like Sid said, like, for me, it's just my musical style. Like, I never thought a bit uh, of, like, it's an out-of-the-box thing for him. And so he told me that he wasn't imagining, like, oh, this is, this chord is not something that I, I even, like, imagined when I wrote the theme. So that, to me, was really touching and then um months later like Sid said he called me and he said that you know he's working on a show that he wants to be kind of his score to be piano heavy and then I was like of course you know and he I listened to Vantage the demo Vantage over the phone and then I immediately like I had a connection I, I was like I know what I'm gonna play um and then it it also helped that he already had like the song structure, this uh, cue structure done. So I was I was re- really just like doing my noodling things, and um, it turned out really great. And I I never changed the first version. Like he kept the first version of it. I I, ma- I remember me sending my first version of it, and he was like, "This is it. This is perfect. You're done." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow! Like okay." And yeah, it's been. It's been really cool, and I am looking forward to whatever comes next. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Um, (laughs) But yeah, what
2: there'll be be more. There will be more, Carol. Yeah. Um, On and the other thing too with Carol is that, and um, Robert and I spoke about this uh, at one point. um, I don't know where it was on the phone or some of the time, but Mm -hmm. you know there are certain players that. Add this sort of like magic when they play your pieces, and um, you know, and, and 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 I play most of the piano on Only Murders, but I save the sort of complex, like you know, the much richer pieces for Carol. But the um, but there is a sort of magic to her hands. I can't describe it, and it's like there's Pretty there's sure, an emotionality yeah. that she puts. There's an emotionality that you play with that's really special, and I can't,
1: and I can't pinpoint what it is. But I don't want to. I don't even know what it is.
3: (laughs) I don't know. I.
1: One of the things I really love about this conversation, and and it's sort of translates into why I love being a musician and talking to musicians because there's a very special language that Sid you hear. (laughs) <laughs> in Carol's playing yeah, something that's transcendent that isn't just playing and I don't know if everybody would be able to hear it acknowledge it in some ways even more remarkable get mileage out of that skill so I think yeah. there's something really magic here in that you heard it I must confess as I watch the show and I hear different things I think I wonder if that's her, particularly when I didn't realize, you know, composers do such a magical thing. So you're scoring this show, and so much of it, first of all, if the show is good, I'm kind of paying attention to the score, but I'm also trying to figure out what's happening. First of all, there's a thing called the elevator theme, which I never realized was thematic. I'm just so used to that kind of chordal thing. I thought, oh, that's an interesting kind of Oh, wait, that's a thematic thing that's starting to come back Mm -hmm, in a really wild way. And as I start to listen to the score without picture, I want to come back to what you're saying about how you don't score, you don't have a classical, you didn't, a lot of it is really wonderfully orchestrated. Thank you. And it's. I would guess if you hadn't said what you'd said earlier and I sort mm-hmm. of knew we'd talked about this a little bit, be like, well, this guy, in addition to all the other education, clearly, you know, did like four years at Juilliard or something. Cause here's <laughs> yeah. these incredible, different melodic lines and a very sensitive cue. Um, yeah. is that something that you got better at as you were writing your album and then they came after you? Did you, and two questions did you yes. get better at it so that when you <clears> started to <throat> write those cues you knew and secondly just composeristically do you write on paper when you write something like that or do you do it in a box so
2: um great question so the elevator theme um da 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 da
3: yeah
2: that's that's um that's me on piano because that's half the basic- step that kills me yeah da 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 yeah, that um, that's me on piano. It's it's um, it, it's quirky and weird. Um, it's the kind of stuff that I'm capable of playing, you know, on my own. Um, it's interesting. At one point, um, Carol, remember I had I sent that to you as well to play the elevator yeah. theme, and and it and, and Carol crushed it. But we ended up always going back to my little demo of the chordal thing you're saying because I'm I play it in a way that no classical player would ever think to play it, right? Carol. It's like
1: I got
3: Ashley struggled. I remember, yeah,
1: it was like it's this like it was um it's Thelonious uh, monk. It's percussive <laughs> in a certain way. It's up and down well,
2: because I don't have my key my piano um next to me. Oh, it's over there, but then I have I am on my computer um uh, it won't it won't get us over there. Let me see if I can... I know this is just... I don't want to waste your time, but I've got this SK-1. Wa- I've got this SK-1. Nice. Good um, And I'll just plug Perfect. this in. It's not going to sound anything like the, what the show should sound like. Whoa!
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. That's okay.
1: Yeah, I was like... Ooh.
2: That's what you're talking yes, about. Yes, exactly right. So it's like I'm playing, you know, a D minor chord in my left hand and a D minor chord with the right hand, just going back and forth between the two of them. And it's not something that like any piano player should probably ever do. <laughs> but like it's, it's just the way that I, yeah,
1: rhythmically mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Which made me wonder a little bit about the theme, but I think the theme The triplets you're, you're saying that are going.: yeah. D- yeah, do you think of the theme in four? This is Oh yeah.. Ooh, 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 ah, ah. Ta-da.
2: Right, so that's that is. Um, I don't know how that even sounds. This shitty little SK1 through there, but, but
1: SK1 uh, is a legendary <laughs> instrument. It, it is, um, um,
2: but that but that is that's all that's in four. But then there's the, the triplet.
3: Sid loves triplets.
2: <laughs> oh, I love triplets all day. Um, you do. But, I but, noticed that too. But in terms of your other question, in terms of the um orchestration um well i you know i have i my first experience orchestrating anything was uh, in my college a cappella group you know i would have to write parts for like 15 other people to play and sing sorry to sing and so and then in my band world sort of like you know i i i you know on the records i played pretty much everything except for like drums Really? Um, yeah, and so, and so, a lot of what I did was layering. Oftentimes, so in on this show too, like if you looked at like a Pro Tools session of when I'm writing something, um, you know, I have like 15 different tracks, and I'm actually using. I don't know if you can see it right there. Let me see again. I use a lot. I use that a lot. My Mellotron. Right oh. there, it's it's this it's this digital mellotron, and um, it's got just some great sounds in it. And and um, you know I can sort of or- create a, my own little mini orchestra out of some mellotron flutes and mellotron bass clarinets, and and so then I can layer that stuff in. Um, and so the parts sort of are are there, and then it's just a matter of you know uh, you know charting it out for.
1: But you said cellos,
2: you go outside. You know, that's on This Is Us, I would go, sorry. but yeah. on Only Murders, it's sort of, everything is sort of sitting, I'm using this Mellotron to score a lot of that stuff. So I'll start off with the, right, on the piano, yep. and then there's like, uh, there in the silent episode from last season, there is a, a, you know, you, you'll hear the flutes go, da-da-da, da-da-da. Da, 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 da. and so I'm playing all that in on my Mellotron and then those Tool sessions ultimately get sent to our orchestrator and it um, was like officially and a copyist who's officially you know writing that stuff as I played it in for a flute player for them to chart it out for a flute player
1: how fabulous
0: you touched on that silent episode which is one of my favorite things in all of cinema is when you can have you know the, mu- cause the music is so rich in what it can communicate yeah you need dialogue to tell a story most of the time, yeah. but that episode, because we know the characters and we understand the mystery and the drama, um, what, uh, can you talk us through how that, that, <laughs> that concept came about? Cause I'm sure it's very exciting, but then it's probably 10 times the work for an episode like that also. Yeah.
2: I mean, I will say that the beauty of this show is, uh, on every level. Um, it's really just an incredible collaboration. It's never just me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like it is everybody, and and I mean not just me working with people like Carol or you know um, or, or the or the, or the or or the orchestra that's playing on the score, um, but it's also the editors. Um, you know, on on that show particularly, I learned how to score that show because of Julie Monroe. She was the editor on our pilot and um when i so if we go let's go back a little bit because it'll help answer that question better of sort of like of uh, let's go back in terms of um let's just go back in terms of how this sound even was created for the show because i think that'll answer your question for the silent episode um i like to write early 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 i read a script i hear something and so when i read that script i heard something i played john hoffman the theme, theme that you hear over the main title, right? And um, and it was just
3: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: right. That was this little thing I played for him, and he was just like, "That Sid is my whole show right there." And I said, "What do you What do you mean?" And he goes. That melody, the phrasing of it, the fact that you are changing from major to minor underneath this, you know, underneath that same melody at that point. He goes, it's making me feel equal parts mysterious, lonely, dramatic, uh, adventurous, funny. He goes, this is going to play into the magical realism that I am envisioning for the show. Um, all of it. And so in that pilot, I had given variations of this theme before I ever saw a picture to Julie. And there's a demo. Just demos. There's just demos. Um, And there are sort of, um, sorry, can you hold
0: on one second, guys? I'm sorry. Yes. All right. This is the intermission. Thank
1: Thank you. you. We're hearing unbelievably wonderful music, which, if you are fans of Only Murders in this building, you are intimately familiar not only with Sid's theme, but with Carol playing it, which is really fun.
0: I meant to ask this, but maybe while we're on a uh, break here, Carol, I'm sure everyone has been asking you, what parts did you play? So, like, what's something that people can listen for either on a soundtrack or in the show?
3: Go watch season two, episode two. Okay, yeah, I just watched that the other day, actually, and i it sounded great, okay,
2: sorry about that, oh, oh, Carol, did you hear Good. those piano pieces in the back half of two in the back half of two? I wanted you on vantage, but you know we had we figured we had we it got you later great. on, but um but yeah, um anyway, so so when I so you're talking about the editor. Right. And so I'd given Julie these sort of variations of my theme. There was a cello version, and we can talk about the bassoon. We should talk about all the pieces because they're very important. There was like a... would happen on top of the, this sort of this this cello line underneath. Um, Julie said to me, she goes, Sid, every time this melody comes in... That's a, that's a re, that is a realization that our characters are having. It's a step towards them solving the mystery. It's a, it's, it's, it's a light bulb. It's a light bulb for them. And that taught me how to score the show. So if you watch the first episode, the pilot, uh, Mabel is, you know, she's having a very lonely moment. She's by herself in the bathroom looking at herself in the mirror and she hears the parrot, through the vent and she looks up and you hear like, Oh, what is that? You know? And so that became the show. It was Julie, who's a seasoned editor. I mean, Oliver Stone's editor did all these big films and like, is just a sage as well, mm-hmm. taught me how to score the show. So when it came to that silent episode, we worked together, in sort of man if you listen to where that melody comes in it comes in every time there is a realization of something and it helps sell the story
1: especially with no dialogue there did you agree with her interpretation in other words did you say wow i just wrote it out of a feeling but now i see dramatically and narratively how you hear it was that a surprise to you
2: surprise to me originally i did not understand it originally i was like I I remember in my first episode, when I first saw saw some things come back, I was like, I was like, this is too heavy handed. Like we shouldn't be using this much score. There shouldn't be this much music. And she's like, no, Sid, she goes, the music is going to be a big part of telling the story of the show. Just hang in there with me on it. My inclination always is to pull back to say less score, the better. Um, but she sort of, you know, when you commit to something, whatever it is, whether it's in music or whether it's anything else, you get the best results. No kidding. And, um, and, and so we committed to that theme and it just became the thing. It was like, it's, you know, it's, it's like Nicholas in succession. Like, you know, you hear his every time Like you hear that theme come in. It, it happens multiple times an episode. It is a thing. And, and, I, and I think that is our sort of thing here. We have our sort of like our succession theme here in a way where it's like this gets woven in whenever it can. There's obviously other themes. There's the, you know, the Vantage theme that I sent you before and, and, um, and others and the Elevator theme. Obviously, there are there's other things that we do. But um, on that silent episode particularly, look, there was no dialogue in it at all. It was just all sound design from our incredible Matt Waters um, who is an incredible uh, <coughs> post-production uh, uh, sound designer. Um, and we had that episode was told from the perspective of a deaf person. And so everything is what it sounded like from Theo's perspective. And they did a lot of research in terms of what that sounds like from the perspective of someone who's deaf. It's like these low rumble in noises. This um, leads
1: to the you know. question of whether you spot it or whether Julie says, send me a whole library of feelings and I'm going to sprinkle them to where I think, or some kind of middle ground of that.
2: It depends on the editor. So, you know, we have three editors on the show each season. And so in that first season, um, Julie Julie was an editor. Joanne is another editor. Um, and uh, Julie likes to have a lot of music to play with. Um, one thing she would do um, is she would call me and say, Sid, can you just send me a Vantage Noodle? <laughs> That's what she would call it, Noodle. Um, and Carol, I think maybe even when I sent you some stuff, it was probably labeled Vantage Noodle. Um, and, and so <clears throat> it was just me on the piano playing it, and she would be on the phone with me, but not show me any picture because she didn't want me to score too tightly to the picture. It was a balance. So you never want to be too on the nose. And so I would sometimes, be, I'd be, right? Mm. Right? So so sometimes I would be like, she'd be on the phone, she'd like, play it really slowly, and I'd be like. Da, 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 da. Sorry, this is like this thing. Let me go to a different instrument. Let me go to the flute. Uh, and she'd be like no slower i'm like okay so i'd be like you mean like duh, 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 duh. she's like yes give me that for a minute and so and i would not know why she'd want it but she knew why she wanted it Because she felt that she wanted to cut the scene to the pace of that cue. And she didn't have it in the canon yet. And she's like, I don't want to waste Sid's time and send him early picture that's going to change a million times. But if I can get him to give me that cue, that theme at this tempo, I know what I want to do with it. So she would do that. And then sometimes there was an editor like Joanne who would say, I have this scene early on and the director would sign off on me seeing it early because normally you're supposed to wait for a director to go through their cut first. But directors oftentimes would be like, let him see it. And I would globally see a picture. I would see this picture. I would shut off the picture and then just write something and send it back to them like a full three minute piece of music. So it varied. Um, But with Julie, there was a lot of sort of, she'd just call me and she's like, this is what's happening in this scene, Sid. I'm not going to show it to you.
0: That leads to a question that I had also about the way that the, um, you know, you these little noodles, as you were talking about, um, you mentioned in another interview that for at least season one, and I'm guessing probably season two also, but that because yeah. that's not out, we won't talk about that. But you mentioned that there were kind of clues to the mystery that were embedded yes. in the music that were there purposefully and it wasn't just kind of the eureka but maybe there was a little like suggestion that was actually there of something that you had embedded um and i don't know if that's like if that's technically uh easter egg of some kind but i did want to revisit with you on season one some of those types of things that maybe you slipped in there
2: yeah we can talk about season two too because half of it's already released okay yeah we can talk about them both and and talk about the differences too between the uh, between the two so in season one um, I, when I was writing these early pieces, um, uh, the original theme, um, the, the, uh no, what's the, the, thanks Carol. Da, 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 da. I sent that piece to um, Anthony Parther. Who is one of the best bassoon players in the the, the world, I would say. He's incredible. Um, And and I asked Anthony to play that for me on bassoon just by just the play
1: the
2: just play it for me on bassoon and send it back to me. And he did, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And uh and I sent that to producers in this early demo i had sent um with sort of the cellos going underneath and you hear with anthony playing on bassoon and the producers were mixed on it when i first sent it to them uh jamie babbitt our director loved it John loved it immediately and a couple of the producers were unsure and I never knew why they were unsure till later. And I think it's because I had our main theme being played on bassoon. And at the end of season one, you find out that our killer is the lead bassoonist in the orchestra. And that was on, that was accidental. I had no idea where the story was going at that point. It was so early. Um, And so it ended up being this accidental Easter egg, but it ultimately made it in and it's there. It's in the main theme. It's on the um, it's everywhere. You can hear the bassoon everywhere. Um, And it ended up being this very cool thing that when we find out that the killer is the bassoonist. The entire time I've been planting that clue for
1: serendipity, weirdness. Do yeah. you does Anthony play the Amy Ryan bassoon solo? Yes,
2: he does. Yes, Amazing. he does. Yeah, that. So he plays that solo. Yeah, off my favorite. Um, and uh, and yeah, he plays that when she's on stage performing. That's him also filling in her sort of her air bassoon playing. Um, <laughs> but I introduced him to everybody and said, "This should be our bassoonist if we can make it happen." And and he's just tremendous. It plays with so, again another example of a player sort of making the score yeah. you know like i think it's it's uh there is an emotionality there's a lyricism to the way he plays that bassoon just like there's lyricism to carol's hands um and the way she plays piano it's all that it's all that and imagine you have people of carol's caliber caliber anthony's caliber and then you have this amazing orchestra of some of the best players and you put everyone together it's like I felt very fortunate to have all these incredible players. Did you artists. meet
1: Anthony? Because he posted <laughs> an Instagram playing your music and you said, I'm calling this guy next. How did you, <laughs> how did you know Anthony's talent? And Anthony uh, uh,
2: my cellist that I use on, um, that I used, I have to use the D the, the, the at the end of it sadly, on, on This Is Us because we're done with that show. Um, Ginger Murphy played cello on that score. And I called Ginger one day and said, do you know a great bassoonist? And she was like, oh, yes, do I?
0: And so she made the connection. Well, so, Sid, you mentioned that season one, but there's maybe also something in the construction of the first episodes, at least, of season two that are already out. And for those who haven't watched yet, don't let us spoil it. Pause this or skip ahead a couple minutes. But can you give us some insight into that?
2: Um, I don't have any sort of clues in season two or clues that I know of yet. Um, you know, and uh, but the approach to the score in season two is 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 vastly different. You know, in season one, we had to sort of contend with uh, pandemic issues. Um, so that very first episode, we recorded 40 musicians remotely and got 40 separate tracks and put them all together. And that was a challenge in of itself. I mean, I think so if you listen to the score from episode one and two that's remote recording um after that we started getting into the room and putting together smaller groups quartets that i would then stack um to make it a little bigger um and um actually interestingly enough in season one if you listen to some of the raw tracks and places i have to find where they are but like I would get violinists from New York and I could, and, and in their recordings, you would hear an ambulance going by. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so it all added to the sort of walla and the sound of New York too. It was, you know, it was kind of all very fitting. And, um, and, but this season we're recording um, the musicians live in a room together at, we've been recording at Capitol at the legendary Capitol studios um which and it sounds great there we also recorded at Village um and so it's just we've been really fortunate to finally get everyone in the room together obviously you have to go through so much testing etc to make it happen but nothing beats having players live in the room playing together oh it's so
1: nice do producers come down to the dates I hope or do they just uh, want to some, do it uh
2: so they uh, one editor came one time um, and generally, um, you know, producers just let us do it. And then on the final episodes, John likes to come. So season one, episode 10, the finale, which was a big score episode from last season, John came to the recording. But that, at that point we were just doing a cor- wood, a wind quartet and a string quartet on top of midi. Basically at that point, this season, it's all much big. You'll hear it sounds bigger. Carol, can you hear the difference? Carol, I'm just wondering, can you yeah. hear the difference in terms of the orchestra this season? And maybe it's just yeah, me, I but I don't know if you I hear you it. Hear in
3: it? opening of season two, episode two, like the over. You mean over vantage? Yeah. And I was like, Well, was- yeah,
1: so lovely."
0: So, Sid, are you you're then done with season two? Uh, yeah. All of the music for that. How long have you been? Done with all of that because sometimes I know it's a real quick turnaround and sometimes you wait six months. Uh, just a couple weeks. Okay, so it's so, pretty fresh still. Yeah, we
2: we yeah we just finished at the uh, in like I think two weeks ago we two or three weeks ago we finished episode ten um, for season two and and then we just and then they mm. dropped the show right afterwards.
0: Um, so because we've only seen the first half of the season so far, I've actually I've only seen three yeah. of the episodes so far, but um, yeah, it is. I wanted to ask about this because there's there's kind of we're in a very uh, an age where a lot of TV viewers um, are very aware of kind of the irony and the kind of, you know, ironic moments of callbacks to season one. And it's referenced very directly and, you know, seasoned certain things. So and of course, makes sense as a comedy here. So there's a lot of kind of two of the podcasts that they're doing and, you know, the sequel being not as good or who knows or, you know, like there's a lot of those kind of like self-aware mm-hmm. moments. Um, is that something you're aware of when you're writing the music for this that you can kind of, you know, play a little bit to some of those, you know, I guess they're jokes um, of, of a sort. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily haha jokes, but they're very self-aware.
2: The meta jokes, basically, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. Um, it's interesting, the, the, you know, on a show like this, um, I, it's oddly in a comedy, I stay away from the comedy completely, and then, so I'm always avoiding scoring anything that's going to make you laugh or to push you in a direction that's going to make you laugh. If anything, I'm scoring the emotional beats of the show, um, and uh, and I so I think in terms of those moments that are meta, you know, where like Steve or Marty are talking and they're and you know about how um, a second season of a, a podcast is. I don't know. There's a line about like. How How second seasons are always tough to match up to the first season, so they're talking about their podcast but but the showrunner John is really talking about how can we actually you know meet the meet the demands of season two after putting together such a great season one so um those moments you just leave dry oftentimes and let them just you know live I mean you have Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, but you also but those other two first, you have these comedic legends. And, uh, they, they don't need any support ever in anything they do. Um, so I focus on the dramatic, that's why I'm, I kind of, we had this conversation early on too in like the, in what the role of, what the music's role is going to be. Um, and I remember in some of the early pieces I sent in, one of the producers was like, Are you, you're scoring this? Like it's a prestige drama. And I was like, cause I was like, it is. So I was like, this is about loneliness, you know? And it's about mm. these people in this building, um, who are sort of islands, on you know, individual little islands in this building. And um, and yeah, it could there's a lot of humor, there's comedy, the podcast is funny. There's also a murder that happens, but it's about the way that they escape that loneliness ultimately. And so that's the you know school. I think
1: this would be an opportunity for me to inject something that's truly um, a non sequitur, but incredibly essential in for my own obit, I have been in the Ansonia, which is the Arconia, and had a friend that grew grew up there and know the building. And when I first saw Hmm. murders in this building, I thought, (gasps) I know that building so well. Have you ever been there, Sid? I have not been there, but- um, Do you go to New York in the next year that you could walk up and past it and into uh, that uh, courtyard? Yes,
2: yeah, so I'm gonna be there in August. I'm gonna be there next month, so I have to make a I have to make a visit for sure. But yeah, it's interesting you say that too, Robert, because like when we were thinking of what the sound of the show was, I mean look, the initial pieces I sent in before any orchestra was it was like it was that stuff, right? It was these piano little piano little noodles. Um and when I pitched producers on the fact that we needed to have this be a much larger orchestral score, because you know the main title theme that uh, right with with the with with that sound can't score an entire show. The theme can score it, but that plinky piano over and can't we? It'll get me too much, and so I. I I sort of like early on was like, can we go, can we get an orchestra on this? And my pitch was that I wanted the sound of the show to also sound like, look, this is a pre-war building. Okay. Um, I had done some research on pre-war buildings when I first got the gig, Um, just to put myself in that headspace at one point. Um, I was looking at like the, uh, the sound of elevator bells. Um, my buddy, Nate Barr, who's an incredible composer. Yeah. I called Nate for, so I consulted Nate. I said, Hey, I want to make some sounds out of the elevator bells. And, and he goes, Oh, that's an he, right away. He goes, that's an Otis bell. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? an Otis bell. Otis he said, he, he said, those are Otis elevators that used to be in the, in, in those pre-war buildings. And I started initially, I started making sounds out of those bells and, Parts out of it didn't end up using any of it, but it allowed me to start thinking of the Arconia in a different way. And ultimately, I, the orchestra to me is what it sounds like inside or between the walls of the Arconia, mm. you know. And because the producers wanted the sound of the show to feel classic but modern, you know, that was the, sort of the general idea. And so, Amazing. Yeah. you got
1: to check it out. It's a wonderful building. I. um,
0: I want to ask one more thing about podcasts because this is something I came across just this morning and I, I pulled up an interview that you did with, I think some NBR station of some kind. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. at the time that they were asking you about podcasts and you said, well, I didn't really, I wasn't that familiar with kind of the, the format of podcasts for season one. And then you went into, uh, you mentioned to live and die in LA, which I actually have a podcast project with the producer of that, that I'm working on right now. But that was one that you mentioned and said, like, that then i kind of got a little bit hooked on a little bit of the podcast stuff i was curious because so much of that kind of true crime format is like has these elements of like a very calm approach to something bone chilling you know like it's there's heavy drama involved here but it's it's delivered Mm -hmm. in kind of a very methodical way and i thought like in a way that's kind of what the music is doing in a lot of this because it's very Okay. And maybe that, I guess, for season one, it was just kind of purely coincidental or you found the same kind of beat. Having listened to some podcasts now, did you yeah. identify anything <laughs> in between the seasons? else that you thought like, oh, that that fits well in season two? I thought that it's a great
2: question. And, um, you know, part of season one also was writing the music for inside the podcast that happened. So there's the... There's Tina Fey's podcast, All Is Not Okay, in Oklahoma. <clears throat> and the hardest piece of music I had to write was her podcast theme that is never really, or at that point, was never really part of the score per se. It almost was it almost felt like it was like lo-fi and it was it was this bong dong 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 and I actually used my Mellotron um, and used the rock guitar. Uh, patch on it and just played bong, dong, ding, dong, 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 And it was this stupid little piece, frankly, um, with bongos going, and it was like, and it sounded like very basic neutral NPR music, you know, it was like the idea. And that was the hardest piece of music I had to write all season. It was the lead. It was trying to write something that was neutral that wasn't doing too much. And that was doing just enough (laughs) to sort of like be wallpaper, you know, like, uh, and, and so, you know, in that sense, like, and I would sometimes like, I would just, as I was writing it, I was like, I have to feel like I'm inside like a, you know, a a, a Pete's, you know, sweaty balls piece from like, you know, from like (laughs) SNL or something. You remember that like sketch? Like it's, and, 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 um, and so that just so, and this is bringing me to answer another question that you asked earlier. Um, you know, there are some, you know, there are some clues in season two Hmm. that, um, that emanate from some of my early podcast things.
0: Amazing. All right. Yes. Well, we're looking forward to that. Um, And congratulations, by the way, on the Emmy nominations. This show just completely. I mean, so many nominations, but so many of those are for your music. And uh, it's really a special show to watch. I can't recommend it enough. Um, I think I have everyone in my family who's now watching this thing. (laughs) And uh, and they're like, man, this is so fun. So. Oh, I'm so glad that you like it. No, it's crazy.
2: I mean, it's again. It's just like it is the. It's the sum of just like really good, talented people working together. Frankly,
1: anything you can share about what's coming up, or are you taking the next year off to <laughs>
2: visit, visit
1: New York at Redwood Trees and visit if, New York? If I take a year off, like, I will. I'm afraid I'll never work again. So
2: that's not happening.
1: Uh, interesting. That's a different <laughs> podcast and a different conversation because I know two composers who. Took a year off at the height of their career, and you know both of them, and mm-hmm. it didn't really last.
2: You mean the break didn't last?
1: Yeah, or the, well, or the didn't, career didn't Ridley last. Scott calls you three months into your radical, mm, yeah. and right. says, "Dude, I just need you. I, I, I need you to fix the score. I need you back in L.A. Like, can you come tonight or tomorrow?" And you're yeah chilling in the Highlands of Scotland, and it's well, I'll I be- will. I will say there's a um, you know, you come off of I've
2: I I've, I just finished six seasons of This Is Us. We just finished second season of Only Murders. I have new shows that I'm working on that I'm excited about, uh, um, and one of them is Welcome to Chippendales. It's the um, nice. It's the Chippendale story for Hulu. Um, it's an incredible story, um, and uh, there's a podcast about it, and it's an incredible dramatic story about what happens to the guy that. Came from India to to start Chippendales. It's a tragic, tragic story, um, and horrific. Uh, and, and so that's a there's there's you know there's murder there, um, <laughs> and uh, to but yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, you know there's a there's a bittersweetness in terms of like how I'm feeling right now. I'm sad that This Is Us is over. Um, I'm, I'm sad that season two of murders is over, but we are, we have another season. We have season three. We were just ordered. Um, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's, I would love to take a break. And then every time I try to, I, I just,
1: I can't. Hollywood's memory is about 45 minutes. You know, all they need to hear is, yeah. uh, yeah, I think Siddhartha's is really sort of, <laughs> plus you're, yeah. you know, he's taken a, about a year, I think, to. and your, your agents <laughs> always really love it when they, they have to yeah. answer. He's not available. I know it too well, people desperate to get into your chair and then they find that in your chair you can get sad, burnt out, yeah uh, but boy it's a it's a rocky road. It's really interesting to me too. You mentioned succession. I don't know why, as you can imagine, I listen to a lot of material, and i both themes when I first heard them, I thought, oh, I'm not so sure. And like the third time I heard them, I thought, yeah. "I love this more than I've ever loved anything." <laughs> and I don't know why it's something that. Both times I heard, doo, boo, doo, boo, doo, doo, boo, doo. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and the third time I heard it, I thought, "We waited till the end of the interview." Cool. To <laughs> I'm in love with this, and now I just live for it. Same yeah. with the Succession theme. First yeah. time I heard it, I thought, oh, "I've man, said several times weird. to Kenny that." the melodies
0: that you're writing on a lot of these on on both this is us but but really i think they stand out on uh only murders are uh, just so much fun like and
1: they're they're they and they're are. beefy
0: enough that you can really kind of like enjoy the ride too you know like it's not just a
1: little well they're also a yeah. motif earwigs enough that i can't <laughs> right. live without that kind of i was on a bike ride on sunday and it was like i really felt it um,
2: yeah, but I think it's just a matter of, um, and, and that comes just that's you know that comes from my band world and my band experience and yeah. writing songs and I think I grew up yeah. I grew up in a band and and and, I've, and my if if there was one thing that I know that I do well as a composer that I'm most confident with it's my melody writing and and so I think that's you know I'm I've all, I always think about the hook always it's just the way I think about it and um and then when you can actually incorporate it into a score and and when you have the confidence of producers around you that are like let's use it let's let's not shy away from it go let's go go use it over and over again it's a very filmic approach to scoring i was thinking that you know and i and i and i'm just and i think that's also too we're in an age of television as, as i mean now it's old news to talk about but it's like it's there's elevated music everywhere i mean i am listening to other people's scores and i'm like holy crap that's amazing you know and so there I'm always there's just I, it's i'm finding a lot more good scores than i am not good scores these days you know and i, I think that. we're all yep. we're all we're all feeding into each other we're all sort of like upping the game like everyone is like oh nick just did that okay <laughs> i gotta do this and like um you know and uh there's lots of wonderful scores out there. Um, ones that I'm nominated against too, that I'm just like, those are incredible scores. Nate Do you have Marcus, your speech maybe? ready? Oh, good God. No, I'm, I'm oh, in, I hope so. It's, I'm a, I'm a, it's funny. Dan Fogelman, when he, uh, so Dan Fogelman who created, this is us, right. And work as a producer here, he and I have done a bunch of panels together. Dan and I went to college together and so we've known each other forever. And we were in a panel once and, um, and he introduced me as an Emmy losing composer and it's my my favorite thing. And I, it's just like, so yeah, so I'm an Emmy losing composer. Um, uh, Isn't that great? And so, uh, so that's sort of my uh, current claim to fame, but so no, I'm not preparing any speech. I don't even, I, I'm an outside shot. So, but I would, um, I'm happy to... You might have a better a shot
0: than you think. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> someday that'll be Emmy winning for sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thank uh, you, Sid. This was I a sure real will. treat for us and uh, really enjoying all of your work that you do, the way you communicate the music, even just the keyboard that you have there to demonstrate some of these. It's such a blast. And uh, I know our listeners love it really as
2: well. Really Thank
0: you so
3: much. Thanks so much, Sid. You're
2: so welcome. And thank you guys. And thank you. Thank you, Carol as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Super. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. So. Of course. We'll see you on the Chippendale show. (laughs) See you soon, guys. Okay.